Welcome to the Pack Show, the show that brings you all the highlights, the lowlights, the reviews, the previews, the news, and the interviews from rugby here in Australia and around the world. We lost every game. <laughs> <laughs> Always need to be heard, these bastards. What? Punch <laughs> what is happening? Samu Krebi. Samu, how you doing, brother? Hey. What is happening? He's in the car. Yes, the boys. Thank you, everyone. For the best of friends. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, one I won't remember. Um, I will remember. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Can't be good. Be good at it. That's the one thing I'll leave you Yeah, how you going everybody? Welcome to the Pack Rugby Show. It's Wednesday night at 6.30pm. We're feeling frisky, we're feeling fine and we're having a bloody good time. Tonight we've got an absolutely massive show. Joining us uh, in just a minute or two we have the man himself, the Wizard of Oz, Maurice Logbottom uh, from the Aussie 7 setup. He's going to be giving us a ring, ting, 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 tingling. On top of that as well, Michael Atkinson's going to be joining us uh, from Channel 9. Diehard uh, rugby fan, he'll be joining us to uh, break a few stories, uh, give us some insight into pack news so we don't look um, as stupid as we actually are. On top of that as well, we've got a Battlers Bench segment that's going to get nice and weird and I'm absolutely champing at the bit for it. But before we get, in, uh, get into it, before we get Mo on the line, got to introduce the starters once again. They're back once again. Ebony and Ivory, it is Joey Lala and Harry Higgins. Hit Higgins. Hit Higgins. Double H. Yeah, not Triple H. Yeah. H-E-H, actually, just if you know. Harrison <laughs> 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 Gordon Higgins, just so you know. Yeah, yeah sure, goes Whatever, just sleeping <laughs> Hey, he just went in the water. I didn't say yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> and also tonight, riding pine all by himself. It is Big Fat Darcy and his pet corgis at home. What's the matter? This is... I just thought this could represent Ryan for tonight. About as much as Volleyball. <laughs> how are you, Jay Moore? I'm very well. Big Fat Darcy, how are you feeling, mate? Pretty good. You know, I've got heaps of space. I keep sitting on this bit of timber here. That's all right. Uh, good, mate. Should be used to it. <laughs> good input, Has. Hell yeah. We're off to an absolute flyer now. As we said, we started the show off by saying the Wizard of Oz himself is joining us. And... On the blower right now, we've got Maurice Longbottom. Maurice, how you doing, brother? Good, boys. How are we? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Mate, thanks so much for joining us. Just first and foremost, how, how's the body pulling up after uh, Hong Kong and Singapore Sevens, in particular Hong Kong and more so the after party? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no after party in Singapore as we, uh, we didn't go too well, so... Uh, it was all business there, but it does take a while for the body to get going after the two weeks, i tell you that much. <laughs> well, mate, I, I just want to, straight off the bat, I mean, like we're going to get into you know your story and, and ask a few questions about the game at the moment, but for a lot of people who may not know, uh, the Maurice Longbottom story is a really, it's a, it's a weird one. You grew up playing rep footy through the, the Rabbitohs system and then you were told just as a youngster, you're not going to be big enough to play. And it Sort of that as a kid, that's obviously got to sting a lot, especially considering your two uncles played for the Rabbitohs. It's it's all you knew. You're a leaguey, born and bred. How do you get that news? And then, <laughs> within about ten or fifteen years, you're captaining the Aussie Sevens uh, rugby side at the Sydney Sevens. Yeah, look, as you said, as a young fellow, it crushes you a little bit, you know, breaks you, um, and sort of. You just throw it all behind you and, you know, you're like, oh, what am I even playing footy for anymore? Um, and, like, like, that's what I did as a young fella. I just sort of left it as it was. I was just like, oh, can't make it. That's what it is. It is what it is. Um, and I had a good mate of mine um, sit down with me and said, look, don't let that, you know, be what it is. Put it to the side. Let's, let's train hard on the side of you. 
um, go go to work, do what you have to do, and then come home and we'll go and train in the park and sharpen up your skills and get what we need to get out in the park. And uh, to his credit, he put in a lot of hard work for me and um, it, it turned a lot of things around for me. I got a chance at the under-20s with the Bulldogs. Um, but then again, I had a school teacher who was a coach at the time and we just butted heads at school. So it was, it was never going to end well there. Um, but then again, he, he sat down with me again and just said, that's not the end there. We're just going to keep pushing hard. And, and we did. And, you know, I got my chance and took it with both hands and never looked back. So, um, like you said, it, it is a journey and it has come a long way. Yeah, solid, solid. So, you know, after the Rabbitohs and um, I suppose coming through that, what was the pathway after that? Did you then go through the Lloydie system? Did you then go straight into Aussie Sevens? Or what, what was the pathway there for you? Yeah, so South was, I was still pretty young. I was still in my teens. Um, so then I just went back to playing footy on a Sunday with a bunch of my mates, like having a laugh, playing yeah. footy, go out on a Sunday after and have a few beers and then rock up to work on Monday feeling dusty as. Um, <laughs> love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're on the right show yeah. there, bit of, bit of real footy. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love it. Yeah, there were a lot of – that's what I was doing um, until I was about 21 and then I got the chance to go to Lloydie's uh, down in Adelaide and sort yeah. of was like, yeah, sweet, let's go do it. And knew a few of the boys in the team at the time. Uh, Peachy was actually down there playing yeah. um, and then sort of got an opportunity with the Aussie Sevens to go and train uh, for three days. Um, at the time, I was working for myself, so it was fine. And on the first day of training, I was made a break in the middle of space, ping my hamstring, and I was just like, oh, no, what have I done? But uh, they looked after me, rehabbed me, um, and they invited me back down again, and all went well, and I got invited to go over to Munich with them. Um, and we ended up taking that tournament out, which was awesome. Um, yeah. It was such a good experience to go over to a, another country I'd never been before. Um, and then after that, the coach at the time just said, you're not going anywhere. You know, we're locking you down. So um, to see that all all the hard work pay off, it was uh, it was very overwhelming. Nah, solid, man. Uh, mate, Longers, just uh, quickly here, a little bit of sidestep from the rugby stuff, but more into like the Indigenous culture here. What does it mean to you to be a part of or an icon in the Indigenous culture and a role model for the future generations coming through the sport? Yeah. Uh, it means a lot to me, actually. Um, you know, growing up as a young Indigenous kid, I could have easily taken the wrong path, um, hanging out with some of the boys I was back in the day. Um, but lucky enough to have some people around me to push me in the right direction. That's something that I want to do uh, for the young kids as well, looking to strive for you know big goals, with, whether it's in sport or whether it's in something else. Um, and if I can help with that along the way, then I'm more than happy to help out wherever I can, uh, whether that's you know getting some shoes or some boots from for training or just taking them to training or whatever they need. So um, yep. anything I can do, I'm more than happy to help out. Absolutely. Awesome, mate. Uh, mate, the uh, the Aussie Sevens team during the COVID year, where uh, half of the paid players were were cut, and then last, what was the uh, the journey like going from that to, to going to being world champs last year? Oh, mate, that was pretty grim, yeah. to be honest, the COVID area. <laughs> um, mate, we were training down in Centennial Park, one-on-one uh, -on -one with the coach. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> mate, it's it was so bad. <laughs> like, we, had to, we had to keep like 1.5 or whatever it was at the time away. Yeah, that's it. So he's like standing over there blowing a whistle. We're like running, doing drills. <laughs> And then down the back near the road, we've got like a little one-man gym set up with like bench press and squat rack and stuff. Um, mate, it was grim training down there one-on-one -on -one with the coaching staff. 
Um, but then, yeah, like, I think that sort of shaped us to get to that World Series. Like, yeah. we, we did all that, all the shitters at the start, um, did all the hard yards and all the grit, and then we just, once we got back to that main squad, we just sort of translated it into every single person that come in. And that's what we were. We were just hard work and, and just didn't bow down for anything. Love it. And, and Maurice, I want to ask you, mate. So you 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 kind of touched on it before, how you, you went through that Lordy system and stuff like that. And talking about the Indigenous culture, it, you've said in the past that uh, it was actually Brendan Williams, for people who don't know, one of the craziest attacking sevens players Australia's ever produced, the world's ever produced. And he was actually the first one that came up to you and actually said, you want to play sevens? And you were like, piss off, mate. It's not for me. And he was like, just thought you might like it, bruh. And six months later, you you were in the setup and you absolutely loved it. But there are guys like him and I think Glenn Eller as well. You, do you stay in contact with guys like that as well nowadays to uh, in a mentorship type of role? Or do you have much involvement with them at all? Yeah, so I still speak to both those guys quite often. Um, Brendan was actually was actually funny. He's like, "Come play rugby, bro. You'll love it. You'll love it." I'm like, nah, I'm not playing rugby. I'm staying with league. But fair enough. As soon as I got over there, he was the first person to message me, and he always messages me after every tournament, um, saying good luck before and uh, well wishes and stuff like that. So it's always good to talk to Brendo. And um, Uncle Glenn was actually my first ever sevens coach. Oh shit! Um, okay. Not yeah, bad. He was my first, first <laughs> ever sevens coach. Up at, up at the Yellow Sevens, and we actually won that too. That's how I got picked from Lloydies up at the Yellow Sevens, um, and he was coaching, and he always messages me as well. Um, so, yeah, it's always good to have those two um, texting me and just letting me know that they're there if I need anything or a chat or anything. So, yeah, yeah they're a good bunch of blokes. Bloody oath. How good, how good. Um, just a quick question. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new signing of the young uh, Hadley Tonga, and have you, had, have you managed to have a conversation with him yet? Yeah, I've, I've seen Hadley a few times. Um, he hasn't been in lately. Uh, I've seen him before we went away. Yeah, He's sort of coming and train with us and stuff. He's got some wheels on him. Um, but he was walking around the moon. Is, is he quicker than you? <laughs> nah. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see out in training yeah, field. Yeah, just see he's got the better hammy, eh? He's got the better hammy. <laughs> <laughs> that hammy might come out again. Uh, he's, a, he's, a good, he's a good young fella. Um, yeah. he, we love having him out training. But, um, yeah, he, like I said, he was in a moon boot last time I seen him. So I'm not sure what's going on there with his ankle. Or I think it was a syndesmosis or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it'd be good to get him back in there and get around the boys. Yeah, nice, boss. And just around that, like, uh, what are your thoughts around you know him obviously coming into the sevens program and then progressing into fifteens? Uh, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you reckon the environment's going to be a good environment for him there? Yeah, I reckon he'll love it. Um, you know, he'll definitely come in and uh, make the competition a lot better uh, yeah. at training with the boys anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I reckon he'll love it. He'll come in. The boys are all welcoming. You know. No one's really a you know a knobhead or anything no, like that. Everyone welcomes everyone with open arms <laughs> and stuff like that. If anyone <laughs> was, you're welcome to yeah. spill the beans, bro. Yeah, I mean, like you know, there's, there's a bus here, so you can throw them in front of it. Yeah, <laughs> nah, they're all a good bunch of blokes. Some of them, most of them, anyway. Some of them. Yeah, some <laughs> of them. See, there it is. There it is. Bro, safe space. Safe space. If you want to say, it, just say it, man. Just say it. It's no one's good, listening. It's all good. No, no one's listening. No, I'm kidding. No, I got training tomorrow, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll see. Mate, just jump in the back of Joey there, and obviously the question I asked before do you generally think sevens is a pathway into 15s? Yeah, I reckon it is 100%. Yeah. Yep. Do you think uh, it crosses over fundamentally? Do you think there's the same attitude that approaches? It's, is it more team based? Do you think it's more strategic? What What is the differences, and what do you think are the similarities? Well, everything, to be honest. Like, Sevens is, you know, to me, it's the pinnacle. You got to be, you got to be quick. 
you've got to be thinking on your feet quick, yeah. like before you know it, the game's over. Yeah. Um, whereas in 15s, you've got a little bit more time to get into your groove and find your groove and build into the game. Whereas sevens, you've got to be able to go off that, that first whistle. Yeah. So yeah. I think in that that side of the things, it, it builds you mentally uh, yeah. to get ready for your game to be bang, you're on straight away. Mm. Um, and the speed aspect of it as well, it's you know, it's light and quick as you boys have seen. It's yeah. You don't have a chance to catch your breath. So no, I reckon it's a really good stepping stone for the boys that want to come in and you know learn a little bit of sevens and then yeah. eventually push on the 15s. Do you, so sorry, just to back that up there. Do you think it's a great way to start out your career? Do you think it's or even someone that comes from rugby going into it? Is it a good skill based for somebody that needs to upskill? Do you think it's a good training platform for them to be able to better themselves, or is it more so? Yeah, just hundred percent. Yeah. No, like there's so many skills you have to have in rugby. Like everyone has to know how to pass a ball at least 10, 15 meters. Like there's seven people on a full field. Yeah. And what's full? Like full fields, like seventy meters or something like that. So you have got to be able yeah. to rip a ball. And if you can't rip a ball and you're out there ripping rainbows, then someone's going to get smoked and the ball's going to blow that's up. That's his career. This whole time <laughs> he's been <laughs> ripping rainbows. Rainbow. Yeah, he's been ripping that's rainbows his whole career, boss. <laughs> that's, 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 that's double rainbow. Right. Seriously, uh, seriously, guys. I'm going to try and be serious here. But, uh, yeah, you haven't, you haven't been throwing passes with Nathan Lawson, have you? <laughs> Where did, did he tell you something? <laughs> oh. No, just, mate, the reason why I asked is when I was over in the States, obviously a lot of the younger kids coming through rugby haven't had the experience we've had yeah. as a young age being exposed to rugby from, you know, four or five years old. So when they're coming into it, they're coming out of high school, going into college, and they've had the ability to go into a sevens program, yeah. and they've adapted these skills. They've made them, you know, elite sevens athletes, but they've never had the exposure to 15s. I'm just wondering if you see there's going to be a crossover benefit or if you think that they're just going to become a sevens athlete. Well, I've never played 15s before since the COVID era. I've come straight into sevens. Yeah. So everything I knew about rugby was from sevens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 100%, I, I agree that it's that it's just going to improve your skills by tenfold if you come into the sevens as a stepping stone and then go into the 15s. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Just on that, quickly, before Darcy asks you a question, do you reckon you'll go into 15s, boss? <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a dabble for the weeks, and, mate, to be honest, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had, I had a heap of fun there. Play? I played nine for a bit, and yeah. I didn't really like it. I, all I did was just pass the ball and just distribute. That's, um, but that's, that's a great nine. That's a great nine. <laughs> Here's a little oh, bit of hey, actually. Hey. Okay. Lawso still has nightmares about that game. Just <laughs> but then there's well, another seven star that's transitioned to 15s, Dylan Peach on the end of the pass yeah, there, Mo. Peachy. I mean, we've seen in particular the transition from sevens to 15s. Uh, it used to be a bit disjointed because they were such diversely different games, but you've seen there is a... There is an example now, obviously, you were chopping up down the wicks there, but you've got Dylan Peach, Ben O'Donnell, Corey Toole have all, all done the switch pretty successfully. And so clearly, like, do you see, referring back to Hadley Tonga, the way his deal is set up is that it's three years in the sevens set up with the third year potentially going into the TARS set up in a 15s environment. Do you think that's a, a, a sound way to really make that transition a little bit uh, a little bit easier because we've seen, we've now got examples of guys that have really shown that there is a hell of a lot of benefit to get some of the sevens guys in the mix. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he's got the same contract as young Derby Lancaster. Um, and, you know, his game's just growing and getting bit better and better the more he finds his body growing up. He's still 20 years old. He's still a young yeah. lad. But he's finding himself now and he's he's getting bigger and he's he's backing himself a lot more. He's playing with a lot more confidence and he's, he's ripping it up. He's, he's tearing it up, so... Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see how Hadley comes along and how he progresses over the few years. Yeah, yes. bloody oath. Yeah. All right, so I've got one last question. <laughs> I've just been passed the bloody mic here by Das, but maybe we'll go with it. 
Uh, mate, just the last thing here. It's a little bit of a combo. You've played league, you've had experience with sevens, and you've done a little bit with 15s here. Do you think that there could be more done with a pathway for the Indigenous culture to be promoted into sport through those three three avenues of athletic performance? Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I, I think, I don't know if it was Adokar or Troll Mitchell come out and said a few, a few months ago that there's so much talent being wasted at the Aboriginal knockout. Yeah, that's yes, the same that goes yeah, at the yeah, LS7s. Yes. There's so much talent that's up there and they're, they're putting on display and there's no one up there watching, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's I mean, just all going to waste. Yeah. yeah, from a grassroots level, like, I mean, I'm just talking for me personally. I have a lot of involvement with coaching in high school and, and cult level. And I see some of these absolutely incredibly talented young athletes coming through that have the skill, but there's not really the support or the foundation from, I guess, the club culture. I'm not sure if it's the club or it's the organization itself to bring them through to keep them going to higher levels, which will allow them to achieve that sort of, you know, result that you are at now. Obviously, you've had the personal commitment. You've gone through the hard work yourself. But I was just interested to see if you thought there would be some sort of, you know, method program that you would be able to support or, you know, some sort of advocacy program that you'd want to be behind or you've known of that there would be in the program now that would be able to support that program. Yeah, well, they had they had the, uh, the First Nations program that came yeah. out and that sort of, mm. once COVID come along, yeah. sort of killed it, which, yeah. which is a bit devastating because I thought there's a lot of good talent in that, in that team. Um, and again, that's just another avenue for us indigenous kids to go out there and put our yeah. our skills and showcase them out in the world stage 100% mate uh, just quickly uh, we're going to our fast five here from Dal Murphy he's not going to be here today so I've I've taken the cap of the, the ginger on the show so <laughs> I'll uh, quickly run through them for you here mate as quick as you can first thing that rattles off your head pack show here we go number one any athlete from any sport who would you have GI Oh, daddy. Love it. Don't Love think it. About it. Number Love two, that. career highlight. Go. Uh, winning Sydney Sevens. Ooh, not the World Championship? Oh, shit. Sorry, it's his show. Sorry, sorry it's his show. My bad. Come on, man. My bad. Look how sweaty you are. I'm feeling the pressure from Longy being on the show, man. He's my idol. Relax. Number three, favourite team rate. Go. What was that? Favourite what? Teammate. Sorry, I'm illiterate. <laughs> oh, Favourite teammate. I, I would say it would be Corey Tool, but he brushed us. So. <laughs> yeah. He's dead here. He's dead here. Get rid of him. Who else? He's dead to me. Number four, uh, Lee's favourite teammate. Corey Tool. Oh, no, he's Corey. dead to me. What a ding. And Corey Tool. <laughs> All right. Number five, something from the heartstrings. Most influential person in your career. Um, Probably my old lady. Um. Always pushing me to be better, you know, get me to train and get me to and from training. And that's the go with my sisters as well. They're, they're always pushing me. Awesome. They took me to train and put boots on my feet. So those so three ladies. Love that. Thank you for participating, Ren. Well done. Participation. What a fresh man. Love it. Maurice, mate, it, it's great having you on the show. Um, this isn't actually the first time that you've talked to the Pig Athletic Club. Is, is that right? In Singapore at the Sevens, <laughs> didn't you talk to... That uh, was a stitch-up. That uh, was a stitch-up. Oh, Look how young I am. Wow. 
There it is. Um, so, uh, just to make sure that everybody remembers your name, I've uh, actually created a little song for you. Just what, maybe an intro song when you run out to the sevens. Zachy, could you, could you hit it? I want a mo who's a short flow <laughs> and then long bottom. <laughs> Boom. Right? No good. one could forget that. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, I just real quick, can you show us a dance to that? <laughs> Oh, oh, I was God. lucky to even get that one out, mate. Um, <laughs> we've also got some uh, some Instagram um, questions from uh, this one's from Sim 2.0s. Is your secret to such blistering pace actually the length of your bottom? <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a, something we should know? <laughs> Don't worry about that one, mate. From I get it, long bottom. Yeah. <laughs> See, sorry, mate. Sorry. From uh, comma McMahon's. Uh, question is why does his Audi car have spinning rims? Do, do you in fact have spinning rims or? But like, you're in a different tax bracket, aren't you? Yeah. You've got spinning rims on your Audi. It's, it's a fashion on the east side. You're gonna yeah, have to yeah, he's, he's got them. That's all. That's all we need. That's the only answer we need, mate. Uh, from uh, Lind Cuz, he says, "How did you and Chainsaw become best mates?" Who's Chainsaw? Exactly. Yeah, that answer. is actually the <laughs> good answer. The I think he may have talked to you once at the sevens. He thinks he's your best mate. Oh, good, Brit. <laughs> um, oh, and then uh, to <laughs> to round it out, how's punting on the? Oh, this is from Dave Veyer. How's punting on the Coogee oh. Oval Grandstand on a Saturday night? <laughs> what was the tip, mate? One of the all-time tips, right? Yeah, it is. One of the boys, well, everyone, everyone listening, listening, listening. Listen so first of all, we didn't have a clubhouse to go back and have a few beers with Wick. So we we're in the grandstand yeah. with a few yeah. cases, and one of the boys goes, "Shawnee actually goes, I've got this tip. It's been on the juice. It's oh, not losing. Go. So <laughs> all of us just go, yep, we're loading it. We're loading it. The boys have hammered it. This thing's come out last. No. <laughs> he, he, the, I'm telling you, if this thing's on juice, I'd hate to see it off juice. Wrong juice. <laughs> 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 Backwards. Backwards. <laughs> oh, that was good. Filthy. Oh. <laughs> oh, hell of a way to round it out, big fat ass. Well, Maurice, <laughs> look, we won't hold you any longer, mate, but thanks so much for joining us. It's been awesome to have a yarn to you, mate, and, and all the best for the rest of the season. You haven't been going the best, but we'll be backing you in the whole way, and hopefully uh, you can start to uh, chop up and do what we know you guys can do. So thanks for joining us, mate. Have a good one, brother. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me. Love, Maurice Longbottom, everybody. Thank you very much, Maurice Longbottom. Mate, he's a legend. What, a, yeah. what an Ripper. absolute legend. He's a goat. He's a goat. Oh, Dave Vaya stitching him up. Perfect, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. David. <laughs> he's, he can do that. Now, we've got, uh, we will have uh, Michael Atkinson from Channel 9 joining us in um, about five, six minutes. But in the meantime, now it's time for Battlers Bench. Oh, Take God. it away, big fat Stop dust. pointing at me like that. <laughs> I'll be waiting for this. Uh, well, Ryan, <laughs> do you, oh, he's not here. Uh, <laughs> mate, um... Uh, us here at the Battlers Bench, we we thought we'd uh, we're always after trying to make money, industry, commerce, <laughs> business, right? We are, and yeah. you know what's our side hustle? So Ryan and I uh, decided that you, you know what, there's been a lot of lads heading down to Melbourne, right? They're probably all staying 
from the Reds, probably they're probably all staying in one room down there. They've got to need bunk beds, right? <laughs> yep. Right? Mm-hmm. I assume. And <laughs> and we've we've shipped we've shipped players everywhere, right? We've they've gone to the Force, they've gone to the Waratahs, mm-hmm. down the Brumbies. So we thought how do we get a, how, how do we get into that? Well, this is what we came up with. Ordered too much stock, and now it must go. <laughs> Some big boys that need a bunk bed on a budget. Then at the Battlers Bench Budget Big Boy Bunk Beds, we have a deal for you. <laughs> These beds have been handcrafted up here in QLD. And just like everything that's been lovingly crafted in Queensland, we will ship it not just down to Melbourne, but Sydney, Canberra, Perth, and Tokyo, and all over the world. You get great comfort with sleeping in the same room as your mates, but want Nothing sus. Call the bunk bed boys. If you've got some big ooses that need somewhere for their big cabooses to sleep, then call the bunk bed boys on 555 Bonk. 555 Bunk was taken. But call 555 Bonk as 555 2665. Get the bunk bed boys. But budget big boy beds. Bunk bunk beds. So, <laughs> something that Ryan and I have been working on for quite a while, oh, and and we haven't um, we haven't launched yet. Yeah, it's it's a working time. The bunk bed that took me about twenty minutes to get that. Yeah, budget, big boy, bunk bed, little budget. Your um, brain is a terrifying place, eh? So it's just something we've been working on. Um, oh. Hoping we'll, we start shipping in September. So right. after the other footy season ends. Yeah. So let's just see what happens. You had me at ooses and cabooses. <laughs> I lost it. And cabooses. I lost the rhythm in that one, but uh, oh, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, oh, and, uh, yes, big fat Darcy's oh, back. And then the uh, next one is... so. Wait, there's a part two? <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, often, often there's a lot of things that like everyone talks about in rugby that you kind of go, oh, yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah. you're like, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So in this little segment, we're probably gonna. It's gonna be an ongoing thing because there's a lot of things I don't understand. Um, <laughs> it, this one is called "Pretend I'm an Idiot," where okay, do the thing. I gave you the graphic tonight. God damn it! Don't pretend I'm an idiot. Don't pretend I'm an idiot. I did not send it. Brilliant. To you. Um, <laughs> and so pretend. Can you, J Bor? J Bor, Joey, Harry. Yeah, talk to me. You guys are very knowledgeable. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Private equity. Oh no. Yeah. P- pretend I'm an idiot. Explain it to me <laughs> like yeah. an idiot. Pretend I know less than nothing. Pretend I just nod when someone goes private equity, good or bad. J Bor. What is private equity? Uh, so my understanding of private equity mm. is, so say you've got a private equity firm like Silver Lake. Nah, and, lost you. Well, which is the one that bought into the All Blacks. Yep. I think, obviously, it's a conglomerate of people. You can be a shareholder in it and all that sort of stuff. And shareholders? They, there's shareholders right. involved in a private equity firm, and then they go out and they buy, say, a portion of the All Blacks, say, tw- 19% or whatever it is, and then... Obviously, they own 19% of the All Blacks brand, and then the money comes in. So they'll pay 500 million bucks for X percent 
the All Blacks get that money and then they get a share of that company and the shareholders obviously can buy into that. Okay. What are the pros of private equity and what are the cons? <laughs> oh, why are you doing this to me, man? I don't know. The pros are that it can flush the game yeah, with a shitload of cash. Yes. So, flush with cash. However, for example, Australia at the moment is looking to go out to market and are chasing $150 million for upwards of 19-odd percent. And then from that, obviously, the ARU, Rugby Australia gets $150 million to play with. Uh, The cons, I guess, you've then got um, however many shareholders. Losing culture, all about money, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, you've got another shareholder involved in the decision-making process who has a And it could be more about the making of the the duelers as opposed to the the playing of the rugby. I believe It becomes more of a business. I, uh, why are you doing this? I, no, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly I, don't That's know. what I think Harry? it is. Harry, you're Harry, looking at yeah. me with a huge smirk. Harry, What's Harry, up? get your mouth even closer to the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear you wheezing. Harry, Just you just go ditto or? Yeah. yeah. I support J-Ball no matter what. No, that's, don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, to be honest, J-Ball, I know slightly more than I did before. Thank you. I don't know if that's right, though. Neither do I. Hey, it doesn't matter if it's right. You believe it? I believe it. Well, that's not... Well, I don't believe be. it, though. Okay. <laughs> well, I think so. Now, do you want to break down a bit? From you? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Two words. Private equity, right? Private? Yep. Individual. This is good. Equity? <laughs> portion share. So you got... You're breathing? A you personal good? portion share. Yeah. So you're dividing it up between equal groups that have shareholding in the company. Yep. Private equity. Joey? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. going to say that, but he took my answer. That's why we did it together. That's what we got. That's it. Sardas. Uh, thank you, J-Bor. Thank you, guys. I'm now more smarter. <laughs> Pretend I'm an idiot. Put, put, the, put the graphic <laughs> back up. Put the, put the graphic back up. Graphic? No graphic. Graphic? No, I didn't. Probably didn't send it to him still. <laughs> zoom in. Don't zoom in on do me. It, do <laughs> it. Don't, don't you dare. You zoom out. <laughs> thank you, Zachy. <laughs> I appreciate oh, it. Hey, you, you got me. You, you got me. <laughs> Brilliant, big fat dance. Round of applause for another Pretend flawless Battlers Bench segment. Right. <laughs> Show the I'm an idiot. Wow, I was the, the idiot right. in that segment. <laughs> I didn't even know any of that. Zaggy with the graphic. We're all idiots. <laughs> Don't worry. We're all as dumb as each other. Um, right. Akko's just about to join us. Uh, but before he does, lads, uh, we, we, we've seen, um, we're going to obviously discuss this with, with Akko in a little bit more detail, but the, the, the Wallaby squad. So a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys from Clubland get a good. Well, no longer Clubland, obviously from the Super Rugby fold. But Harry, seeing guys like Reese Van Neck, Ryan Smith, Wilso's back in, Matty Fesler, like all these guys have now gotten a Guernsey to go into a Wallabies camp. That's that's absolutely awesome, isn't it? Absolutely, man. I reckon that's the part that we're missing now. Is if generationally for the last ten years, I think we missed it. We got superstars coming in, and we missed having that bleed through, which you know. In Clubland, Wilso, these boys, Reese, they've all played years of Clubland footy and they've gone through, they've played their time, now they deserve a shot at the big leagues. And I think that's the part of Clubland rugby that makes it special. And then when you go up to playing for Australia, it makes it more, the representative, representative honour makes you bleed for it more and it gives you that respect. I don't know, but for me, when you play the opportunity to play in front of your family and play for your country, there's nothing stronger than that feeling when you go on a field. Bloody oath, man. And a lot of a lot of big outs, though, Joey, and in particular, you know, a lot of them around concussion, yeah. having mm. to sit out. There's a, One of the big pitfalls last year was the injury list that the Wallabies had, and 
I mean, it's only early doors now, but we've still got a lot of guys. I know it's just the first camp, so you will be resting a few, but a lot of concussions, a lot of strains. You've got the long-term injuries to guys like Angus Bell and Nella as well. So I don't know. Is that a bit troublesome this time of year or...? Not in particular. Like I think it's not necessarily that troublesome only because we've obviously got like a lot of depth coming through. And the fact that Eddie's called upon these young club lands and like just to say what on like to reiterate what he's saying, it's so good to see that Eddie's actually picking a lot of our club land players to come through. Love. People that have actually put in the hard labour yeah. and now being able to re- reap the rewards, it actually inspires the next generation to stay within club roots yeah. and gla- grassroots rugby rather than leaving going overseas. So um, I, mean, I think, you know, it's not necessarily such a bad thing that we're losing a lot of players like I mean to an extent you know the high caliber of what these players are but at the same time too it's awesome to see these clubland players get an opportunity mm. to to be able to you know do their thing and yeah, showcase absolutely. their ability I think it gives a bit more rounding to the depth of the squad too because I don't know about you guys but any sort of premiership squad that I've ever been a part of um, it's never been you know 20 or 30 guys <laughs> Just one. <laughs> I was going to say. Don't you start looking at me like that. <laughs> hey, but just saying here, like, it's yeah, not yeah. 25 guys or 30 guys that do the job. Yeah. There's 50 guys that have gone through yeah. the whole year and, and it's sort of something that is yeah. Eddie's looking to build for the next year. And I don't think he's looking just there. I think he's looking the next World Cup and mm-hmm. he's looking generationally beyond there. So, yeah. you know, while he's doing this now, this is building guys in that are going to be the leaders for the next World Cup. Yeah. And they're the guys that are going to set the culture. They're the guys that are going to set the, you know, yeah. the foundation for what we need to do to build yeah. and get back to where we were as a strong top three competitor in the world rugby scheme. Yeah, it's rewarding, man. <laughs> man, you're on fire tonight, Has You were G'd up. Did Sorry, dog. Just, did you, you know, take pre-workout before coming on or something, <laughs> mate? What is it's going on? pre-workout, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are you ripping it, it's in. working, Harry. Uh, Thank you. The, the, the Van Neck story, I love, man. Yeah. Like, played awesome club footy, was dominant. Yeah, Not. Yeah. Not wanted by the Reds. Oh, well, I'll go down. What are you doing, mate? Makes a Wallaby squad. But yeah, I, I think this this is what Eddie Eddie does. He yeah. goes whoever he takes over, he shakes it all up. You think you think you're definitely in. You think you're definitely like a. Oh, I was always the defense coach. Or whatever. He just yeah. he just like everyone's on their toes. Yeah. Some people will get jack of it and they'll go, but he doesn't want them. He's yeah. just gonna like five, baby. Like five. I, I think yeah. that's why he's leaving out players that. Assume they'd be in the squad. Now yeah. they're out. Then you're giving these young guys, oh, they're in the squad. Then yeah. man, that's I just, just I just love what he does. He's but so cool. yeah. I, I, re- yeah. I remember back in the day, like Reese Van Nick used to actually like come to training. Like after first fifteen training, he'd come down to South and he'd actually train with the Premier Grade squad and yeah. actually learn. And then like he wasn't even playing at that time, but then he was going back and playing schoolboy footy. But then to the point where it was like he then got his spot. And then he ended up going down to. Where'd he go? He went down to Melbourne first? Yeah, Rebels for a Yeah, bit. he went down yeah. to the Rebels and then came back up, started playing at East because he got an opportunity to play Prems out there. And then just being, like I said, like being able to be a part of community grassroots rugby. And I said this in a couple of shows before, that he's learnt to bide his time behind amazing players. And yeah. it's actually developed his character yeah, yeah. as an individual and as an amazing athlete and as a, as a person just to, um, you know, to go through adversity and then come through the other side. And wow. now, look, he's reaping the rewards of getting that call up. So, Love yeah. seeing Will so do his opportunity too. Like that. That guy's gone in and out and he's just come back. He just plays. Yeah. He plays hard rugby, man. And you miss seeing it sometimes in, in that competitive sphere. Like, 
you know, sometimes we get a bit sideways or we start kicking game, but you can always count on Harry Wilson just yeah. to run straight at the bloke and just have an absolute go. Zero, so, mate, nothing. zero regard for his body. <laughs> yeah, zero regard. Yeah. Mate, love, mate, I just, I love seeing it. You love seeing a guy rip and tear like that, and I think he deserves his opportunity. I think, mm. you know, it's not the, I think it's the start of his career. I think he's got a lot of potential to go into that sort of leadership role. And I think he'll be there for a couple more years. 100%. Hopefully, you know, injury provi- provisions and, and, you know, selection-wise, he'll have this opportunity to show his, his talents. Speaking of the ripping and the tearing, Harry, mm. play Black Dogs on Friday night, mate. <laughs> Welcome to sixth grade. <laughs> Woo! D- did, you think, did you think there'd be less running rugby? Mate, I honestly <laughs> thought there'd be a lot less kicking and a lot more running and a lot less tackling. But, mate, I got smoked like three times. I, I looked at Dust. I looked at Dust and went, yo, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? <laughs> they, were, they were young and fit, man. I think average mate. age was 22. Ours was... 32. Oh, I think about it. The average age. Minimum. Love it. Love and, it. Uh, 32. I remember looking at the referee at one point and he's like, tackled. I'm like, I know. I'm on my back, mate. Give me a break. <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> anyway, Black Dogs got up 14 and 0. So what up? We hey, loving it. Hey, living we did it. it. Have a life's a garden to go dig it. <laughs> That's it. Look, we're just having a few technical issues trying to get Atco on the blower, unfortunately. So we'll, we'll just rip through some pack news. And if he can join us and give us a little bit more context, that'd be great. Um, we've gone through, obviously, the Wallaby squad. So mm. a big one is Lockie Swinton was actually meant to be there. But now on top of that, and he is there, but on top of that, he's been ruled out, has for seven weeks, the remainder Damn. of the season for his high shot on Jake Strawn. 30 seconds into the game, went unpunished. Damn. Because Jake Strawn essentially got up and kept playing, yep. but they deemed it very high risk, very high intensity impact. So Yeah, look, I think we're seeing a very high level of scrutiny on any of these head contacts that we're seeing in any of the any of the crossover sports. We've seen it in league in that Broncos game the other week. We're seeing it, you know, club land. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw any of the Colts on the weekend. First tackle, four minutes in the game, yeah. high tackle, red card. You know, I understand that there's collisions with the head and everything like that, but there's also the flow of the game and you've got to be able to know the game to understand and respect the, what, what happens in a game. And, and that's some things that are ruining games and obviously taking away the opportunity from these players. So, look, I get the, the safety of the players is the utmost importance here and I think that's we're on the right path, but over-regulation is killing the flow of the game and killing the, killing the speed and enjoyment for the players. So, at the same time, there has to be a balance yeah. between you know regulation and safety between the flow and, and the enjoyment for the game as well. So, look, I know it's probably tough for Lockie right now, but, mate, he's probably going to learn a little bit about it and probably keep his tackles down a little bit lower. But No, he won't, mate. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just he, saying that on air. Okay. I'm just saying that. I, I, so he... He did that in the first 30 seconds, and then in, like, the four-minute mark, you see him, you know, when he runs up out of the line and mm. he has that, like... Hunch, you're like, he just wants he's to, like hunchback. He, he just wants to belt someone in the head, and yeah. you're like, but he, he does it. He, I think that's what he thinks to get into the game, and he does it. I don't know whether it's nerves or what, but he goes, "I'm going to make an impact," and he just absolutely just belts people, and he yeah. keeps doing it. And like, he did the same thing that Angus Blythe did, where he yeah look, pretends to drop. Oh, just pretend to drop my head. <laughs> like you. He had time to pull out. Blythe had time, and uh, <sighs> ten weeks though. That's Ten yeah, weeks brought down steep. to seven. So that's brought down to seven? Yeah. Steep. Out for the remainder of the Super Rugby Pacific season. So I think we might have Atco. No, yep. it looks like he has just dropped out. Um, another big one, Joey, your thoughts on this. It's been confirmed Thorny is going to be stepping down at the end of the season. Yeah. Your thoughts on his career in regards, obviously, coaching the Reds. Yeah. And then, I guess, who do you think would be the next cab off the rank? Uh, 
Look, to be honest, I'm not too sure in regards to who would be the next cab off the rank. Like, would like to see a Hino in that position. Yeah. Um, only because he's built himself that reputation yeah. of what it takes to build a championship team. And we've seen it, and it speaks for himself. Like, his, his, his record with UQ, like, that speaks for itself. But um, in terms of the news with Brad Thorne, man, it is going to be a big loss. Um, not too sure um, in regards to who will be able to fill those shoes. But, man, like... His career, it speaks for itself in regards to his success and what he's been able to achieve. So, yeah. man, yeah. It's he's brought along a, a young side and, mm. and gotten a, a hell of a positive result mm. out of it. So, Well, that's been it. It, it, it. it was entrusted to Thorny to get all these under-20 players. There mm. was like six, seven, eight of them. Uh, they knew that times would be a little bit tough for the Reds for a couple of years and Thorny mm. got them up there, got them all up to speed and... Um, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's done a phenomenal job. Yep. He's as, left as the Joey's place in a better position big than time, started. And yeah. he's he's probably known that, you know, now's the time to hand the keys over. And uh, yeah. he, yep. he's done a phenomenal job. I agree. Mm. On on that, we now have Akko on the blower. Akko, how you going, mate? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Michael Atkinson, everybody. Round of applause. Yeah. Yes, we finally got you. Man, that was, that was so stressful. <laughs> that was very stressful. Oh, I, get, I get paid. I get paid by the minute for appearance, so I was actually just pumping up the invoice there. Yeah. <laughs> Work good, smarter, not done. harder, man. Yeah, well, but Akko, while we've got you, mate, look, we were just discussing um, Thorny stepping down at the end of the season. It ha- it has been confirmed. Uh, no word yeah. yet in regards to his replacement. Uh, is there anything on the on the taro vine in regards to, you know, maybe who is. I guess you could say who is next in, or who are they talking to? Who do you think might be next in line, or or who do you think should probably get a Guernsey yourself personally? Um, other than me, uh, <laughs> I think they're I think they're genuinely keen on Robbie Deans. Bombshell, oh. rugged, um, spicy. That that that'd be a lot of water that'd have to go under the bridge between me saying that and it actually happening. Um, and by water, I mean cash. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Good. Yen, yen um, in Japan. Uh, they also have that relationship with Panasonic, as we know. They went over there, toured over there, and played um, played a tour game over there last year. And they've got some sort of like commercial arrangement with them, so that would be tricky to get around just they wouldn't want to i guess um impact that relationship they have with them um but the indication is they they're really keen to get a really senior experienced coach just a matter of obviously who's available and how much money they've got to spend but uh all the whispers around hino being the guy already there of succession in place uh i don't think that's i don't think that's the case anymore why is that uh i think that when brad took over they didn't have a lot of other options and they didn't have a lot of money and they were in a really bad way financially the whole organization was um and they're all really grateful for the job that brad did and heard you guys talking about it there you know like he kind of um developed pretty much an under 20 side into a super rugby side and half of those guys into wallabies as well um and that's coming from a guy who wasn't a very experienced coach when he took over and that's by his own admission as well they don't want to go back to another development coach they're in a much better place as an organization they've cleared a lot of debt they've um, announced another uh, financial surplus just recently they've obviously got um, that financial asset up and running or soon to be up and running in Ballymore so they're just in a better position they don't want to have to go back to a development coach and as good as he know 
is at Clubland or has been or was at Clubland. He's only done one season as a Super Rugby assistant coach and um, he's not ready to take over as a Super Coach is my assessment. Loose. You, <laughs> Sorry. You have very good yeah. intel, man. No, you make like us that. look like the biggest dummies, eh? Oh, <laughs> we really appreciate oh, that, <laughs> You're really bringing up the IQ of this show. Okay, where's, um, where's <laughs> Breedy here to explain, like, finance? Well, that's another <laughs> reason why the <laughs> IQ's right, going up right. as well. He's right here. <laughs> Mate, um, just, a, just a quick one. Oh, Ryan, you've slimmed down, I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Full of knowledge uh, and hot air. Mate, um, uh, in regards to Ballymore, um, are there any... Rumours, hints, plans to possibly at least playing some or if not the majority of their games at Ballymore at, at this stage or that's not even on the radar? I wish it was. Uh, it's probably not right to say it's not on the radar. Yep. Uh, I think it could happen, yeah. um, but I think it would be a case of like the odd game gets taken there okay. from a Reds point of view. Yep. Because when you when you look at it realistically at the moment, uh, the capacity uh, of the new Ballymore is about 8,000. Uh, if they get further works or further phases of that redevelopment um, ticked off and funding, ideally will eventually get up to about 15,000 come Brisbane 2032 to be what's it going to be a hockey venue for the Olympics in Brisbane. Um, and 15,000 is nice and everyone gets romantic about boutique stadiums and the atmosphere and suburban feel and all that sort of stuff. But if the Reds are winning, which they want to be, yeah. they can get 20,000 at Suncorp Stadium yeah. and then you make big bank. And if you get 20,000 plus for the majority of your games, which they want to back themselves to be back at that stage, yeah. they'll make a shitload more money. So that's yeah. what it boils down to. It's just coin. I think if they can get it approved... Um, uh, somewhere down the line, I reckon they'd like to take one or two games there. Um, yeah. It'd be it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Like, I mean, yeah. we're all rugby yeah. people; would it be superb? Yeah, but um, they got to make money, and they'll make more money at Suncorp if they can get good crowds. Good answer, perfect. I, I will accept that answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, big fat Dars. Um, another Dars. thing, another thing uh, you've spoken previously about was in regards to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the. Uh, Queensland potentially losing um, the opportunity to host a Lions test in 2025. There was a lot of um, a lot of input from, I think, South Australia and WA to be able to get that. But you have come out just recently and said it's all but a done deal. Queensland will host not just the Reds in the first game, but also the Wallabies in the first test. Yeah, I think it's pretty close to being um, uh, T's crossed, I's dotted, and ink drying like I, yes. I think at the moment it's not done 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 and not signed but it's pretty well um at that at that position um which is a pretty big turnaround because i think it was a month or so ago i wrote that we were looking like we were going to miss out because as you said there jay uh, adelaide and perth was throwing massive money at rugby australia like the kind of money that a sport which is struggling financially can't ignore uh and i know people um, you know, want to scream about rugby heartlands and that sort of stuff, which is nice to think about. But at the end of the day, it's a professional game. You've got to go where there's money. Uh, and they couldn't really um, not look at those offers. But I think um, what I do know is that, like, Queensland government and government agencies like Tourism Events Queensland, uh, Brisbane Economic Development Agency and the and Queensland Rugby Union got together and put together like a, a massive collaboration. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. And uh, 
came up with a bit more of a competitive offer from a cash point of view, but also like strategically legacy stuff, tourism stuff. Uh, and I think that's got them over the line. Uh, as I said, not that could change. <laughs> I hope not. Um, I, reported, <laughs> I reported it's coming. Yeah. Uh, so I look like a goose. Um, but I think it'd take something pretty drastic for that to that test not to come here. So it sounds like uh, the game between the Lions and the Reds is likely going to be the very first game, if not um, one of the first two games. But I think it's going to be the very first game of the whole tour, which is probably going to be about nine matches in total. And then the Brisbane test will likely be the first test um, of the three. It'll go Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney. So, um, yeah, let's go Lion hunting, boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In our backyard. Love it. Love it. Absolutely pumped. That's so sick. And another thing, Atco, I don't know, you weren't on the blower for this, but Big Fat Dars did a segment called uh, Pretend I'm an Idiot and Ask the Question, What is Private <laughs> Equity? So there's been, chat, um, there's been chat over the last week that Rugby Australia is getting all their ducks in a row to be able to go to the market now and hopefully get upwards of about $150 million for, I think, about 17 or 19% of the game. Um, what, what's yeah. your take on this and what is private equity? Uh, it's private, mate. We can't talk. Yes. About it. <laughs> um, Secrets. I don't actually like. It's just basically. It's just basically they're they're selling off some of their house to someone who has a shitload of money. Is probably the most um, basic way to put it. Oh. And uh, like, I'll put my hand up. I I worked for six months in an investment bank in London. And I fucking hated it, so I came back and did sports journalism. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Not speaking from a position of authority when it comes to financial institutions, uh, but yeah, they they definitely are getting their their ducks in a row. Um, it's called um, my sources tell me it's called um, Project Aurora. Uh, yeah. So there's a committee that's looking at it, and I think um, as recently as a few weeks ago, it was approved from a Rupa point of view that. Um, the players and Rupert and stuff support the game, uh, exploring the market. So not like definitely doing it, but exploring the market. Um, and the idea is they'll sell an, about a 19% stake um, in Rugby Australia uh, for somewhere that's been reported, as you said, um, Jay, 150 to 250 million, um, which obviously is a shitload of cheddar. Uh, it'd be really good for the game, that injection of cash. But I guess the the fear or the um, the potential downside of private equity or, or selling anything that you currently own to someone else is um, what control do you lose over it? Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is if you're taking capital on from someone, you get obviously a big um, initial injection of cash, um, but it's I think it's essentially one injection of cash. So it's not like a, a revenue stream. It's not an in- income stream. So you've yeah. got to still find a way to get income uh, coming through so um it, it'd be like you know if like i don't know west's opened the bar just one weekend of the year and we went right all the money we take over the bar tonight is uh gonna support us for the rest of the year and we don't need to do anything else he's gonna pay for um, the airfares of all the rebels could. players <laughs> 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 and, and, and put it well, up that's why the they got blokes. 
That's why they got blokes like you, Darcy, yeah. to uh, put a shitload of coin over the That's bar. Rumbos. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, I think I'm right. But someone in the white collar world who follows rugby and works in finance is probably going to comment on here later or jump on next week and be like, "That bloke you had on last week knows nothing." Where are we going to find someone who works in the white collar game in rugby? Oh Jesus! Uh, we're a white collar. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> pretty filthy. No, but uh, on top of that, mate, just real quick, uh, we, we discussed it very briefly, but Lockie Swinton copping that seven-match ban for that high shot, um, it, it sort of sets the tone, and, and it is a hallmark of his game, and, and it has seen him, maybe his involvement in the, the Wallaby squad up at Sanctuary Cove going on at the moment, um, maybe diminished a little bit. Not ideal leading into a World Cup, but on top of that, Eddie's first camp. Is there any news coming out of that? How are people liking it? Is it, you know, is it flowing pretty well? What's up? He uh, he pulled out a cattle prod. What? Hey, no. <laughs> he did. Yeah, like an electric oh, cattle prod. I love yeah. that. Did he really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? He, 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 um, what? he um. <laughs> When they announced the squad a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. Uh, he Eddie did Eddie did a Zoom interview with like you know any media people that wanted to ask him questions. <clears throat> um, you know, just a normal media conference, but they do it via Zoom, so people from around the country can zoom in and stuff um, and ask questions. And Eddie's been big on like players pick themselves through performance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not in the squad and you don't like it, play better. Um, wow. If you're in the squad, keep playing better to stay there, or you'll miss out. And so. I was on the media conference and I said to him, you've said this, players pick themselves, blah, 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 blah all those things about form. Um, but you've picked Suli Arce and with all due respect to Suli, he's not been playing well at all. So why have you picked yeah. him? That's a contradiction. And he said, um, you pick guys who are world-class, blah, 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 gave his reasonings for Suli. And then he said, because um, I mentioned in the question that I'd seen Suli train and he just looks like he's lacking confidence and everything when I watch him train at Ballymore. And the end of uh, Eddie's answer, he goes, so, mate, if you got a cattle prod at Ballymore, take it along, mate. Give him a little jab, mate. <laughs> oh, nah. And then I was, like, at, I was at Wallaby training. like he was online. online. <laughs> it's like he was right out. <laughs> so I'll, I was at Wallaby's training at Sanctuary Cove on yeah. uh, Monday, and um, one of the boys said that he – like, where are you? And then um, walking around the, <laughs> I was walking around the field and um, I found the cattle prod sitting on the grass. Loose. Oh, that is old yeah. school, eh? He didn't use it. Let's be clear. He didn't use it. Pussy. It was a joke. <laughs> he didn't use it. It was a joke. Still. It was all just Eddie joking. Ah, but yeah, I don't know. If anyone, look, if any coach in world rugby is going to bust out a cattle prod and maybe fire it up. You think it might be Eddie Jones? Well, Checker busted out the uh, the one wood, the one iron. Remember, like remember that story? He busted out a one iron in a in a team meeting. It was like revving the boys up with something to do with a golf club and smashing or driving people or something like that. <laughs> so I haven't like, heard anything about that. I must have missed that one. <laughs> have you not heard that story? No. I, I, you know what? Yeah. Pack exclusive. Let's go. What is it? <laughs> Mate, your pack exclusives get me in trouble. So let's they do, go. yeah. Sorry about that one. You can blame that one on Marv. <laughs> uh, hold on. Are we off here? Um, okay, but yeah, no, that, that's Eddie um, showing a bit of personality. Um, yeah, when I was yeah, there, yeah. I'll t- I'll, I'll, I will give you um, a red-hot tip. Yeah. Uh, they looked – I think it's 
you know, this would happen if you got a change of coach and that sort of stuff. But it, it was a real positive vibe. There was a lot of like up and about players. Training was really uh, upbeat, intensity. Eddie was really positive. A lot of praise being um, heaped on the players and Cattle that sort of stuff. Hand. Like coupled with a bit of like, you know, we need to work on this. We did like that's great, that's great, that sort of stuff. So, yes. um, mate, it's it's amazing watching him train or coach rather. Like he's such a little bloke, but he just has this presence. He just walks around the field with a ball under his arm at all times, oh, and he's like everyone's towering over him. You know, Ryan Lonigan's towering over him. That's how small Eddie is. <laughs> he just has his presence. He just like, he's just such a dominant figure on the field. It's You can see why he's been so successful for so long. Bloody oath, mate. Mate, it's, it's, it is exciting. But, mate, Atco, thanks so much for joining us. As I said, you've blown the IQ through the ceiling here at, uh, at uh, Double Take Studio. So we really appreciate you joining That's us. All- and hopefully we can get you on sometime soon again. I got an OP in double digits, boys. I won't tell you what digits exactly, so I'm not that smart. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the rung's set very low here, mate, so appreciate your time. You got an OP, well done. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Philly, what's an OP? Michael Atkinson, everybody. Atko, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Atko, man. He's a legend. How good Absolute is legend. That? How yeah. good is that? Just being able to hear that the, you know, the spirits of the boys yeah. in camp have been yeah. up. Oh, mate, and Adco has his finger on the pulse. He does, Oh, mate, in a massive way, and he is just a, like, died-in-the-wall rugby fan. Yeah. Like, he he absolutely loves it. Started out at the Reds, actually. Yeah. And now, obviously, up at Channel 9 doing sports sporting and stuff like that. But, mate, he's a bloody good asset to the game in, in Queensland and Australia, and I think... Mm. More blokes like Hatco. Because, oh, do you remember that one wood thing? I'm like, huh? One wood? No, no, we didn't hear about that. No, <laughs> we don't know <laughs> these the cattle things. Like, huh? What? <laughs> no, we're no. not privy to this sort of stuff. Oh, I love that info. All righty, now uh, let's rip through our tipping. Look, uh, as per usual, we've got a shitload of footy coming up this weekend, so we just want to give our red hot takes um, once again. Big fat darts. We'll start with your red hot take from the upcoming footy this weekend. And what are you looking at, uh, mate? I went with, uh, mate. Manly currently sixth to yep. beat North top of the table. Why is that? Manly have a their two losses that they have had have been within three points and by seven points, mm-hmm. and I just feel they're just going up, mate. Yeah, they're going to take it, mate. I, I, I did quickly watch the uh, the wildfires. They have some big boppers, mate. Oh, mate, I love, the wildfires are loose. I love just seeing them <laughs> running around. That number eight, oh, jeez. I, think, I, I was uh, actually watching some Shoot Shield. Yeah, wasn't too bad. Come on, nice. it's good. Atuenti, I think it is the number eight. He's Two good. man of the match performances in three rounds. Absolutely awesome. Frothing and it is him. Manly Ladies Day this weekend. Oh, so oh wow! Even more so. Of course. Out. Yep. Has your red hot take from this weekend's footy? Weekend coming, uh, mate. Uh, I'm going to go with the local derby. We got Jeeps versus West, and I'm going to have to pick the doggies again. And uh, hell yeah, brother! Hell yeah, brother! Is that it? No reason why? No reason why. Just uh, Jeeps can get heaps and uh, <laughs> dogs going to shove it and uh, we're going to win it. Hell Can't yeah, wait. brother. Come on down. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Coming off the draw from last week. Mate, yeah, tough tough so round, was... but uh, mate, you love to see it. You love to see Uni put a performance in like that. Uh, yeah. mate, it was great rugby. You can't, you can't fault them. And uh, unfortunately, we couldn't execute on some points. Uh, first year they've been on the hill, which I absolutely loved. So... It was great to hear the Colts boys throw a bit of banter and, and we had a great initiation night. So 
let's just say club culture is strong with the doggies. And, and, and the stench of cat food is even stronger. <laughs> dog, food. Yeah. dog food. Dog food. I, I just got flashbacks of this dude yeah. that night. <laughs> Holy heck. He also, uh, I think everyone's sleeping on brothers. But anyway. Yeah, yeah brothers they are looking are good. Brothers are phenomenal, mate. Yeah. They, they did always. the job against Bond. Joey yeah. Lala. Uh, Red Hot Tip this weekend is definitely the Crusaders versus the Rebels this weekend on Friday night. Um, Now, the reason why I say it's my Red Hot Tip is because we get to see the current best 10 in the world, which is in Richie Moana. Which is Carter Gordon. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, but that's what I was going to say. And and Carter Gordon, who is going to be the the future. So it's going to be pretty much a... The current uh, and the future. Yeah, the the, the, the trans Tasman, like this is what it could look like in future battles oh, between the Warriors yeah, brother. and hell the All yeah. Blacks. So that's my red hot tip. Who's your tip? Who is the tip though? <laughs> that's gotta be a clash. It's gotta be a clash. Oh, it's, it's gotta, gotta be a clash. It's gotta be a clash of Titans. Thanks, Thanks Jelly. Game, nah, game, but, yeah, 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 put your money on the house that it's gonna be a game of football. Thanks, mate. The Crusaders on that one. Crusaders. Come on, Brett. Let's go to Red. Alrighty, now it's time for our rugby's from the weekend's just gone. Big fat Dars, your rugby. Damien McKenzie. Mate, D-Mac. Everyone, everyone, uh, he's just such a workhorse and he just keeps, um, everyone Everyone talks about Bowden Barrett, everyone talks about Richie Mwanga, mm. but this guy has so much heart. He, like, he, his involvement in these games, mm. uh, one try, three penalties, four conversions. Two just conversions. Two conversions. All right, man, it's man. Mate, just, um, and he's such a small bloke, mate, but the, the, the amount of impact that he makes on yeah. games is phenomenal and everyone... You know, you got Richie, but he can play 10, 15 just as well as Bowden, Barrett can. And I just think he, he he's the reason why uh, why the Canes are going so well. Are they still equal first? Chiefs. Chiefs. They were equal first last week. Yeah. Yes. Chiefs are on top. Yeah. But he plays for the Chiefs. He plays for the Chiefs. <laughs> D-Mac. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Battler's bench is Battler. flying tonight. Um, has your rugby, rugby had to go with Dobby? Mate, I did. I went with Dobby. Ethan Dobbins, mate. He just keeps showing up. But I will uh, I will give an honourable mention here to Pat Murray, mate. Uh, one of the Someone absolute... that doesn't play for West. Yeah, Jeez. look, mate, I, 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 really? I, I, am a, I am biased to West no and I way. always will be. No but, way. mate, I do recognise talent. I do recognise guys <laughs> that play for the sport. And I will say, Connor Mitchell, Pat Murray, you guys are absolute legends. Uh, I spoke to Connor Mitchell the other weekend at the CACO after one of the games. And, mate, that guy bleeds rugby and he loves yeah. footy. And just getting around the sport is the bottom line here, mate. I don't care what team you play for. Oh. I've said it to, I've said it to friends, mate, and, and now that I'm in a different career path of rugby, with rugby, mm-hmm. I'll be there on the sideline watching teams play each week in, week out. Oh. But seeing guys like that playing in and ripping in, that's what you love to see on a Saturday afternoon. That's oh. all I'm going to say about that. Nice. Second week in a row you've chosen three rugby's. Well done, Has. You're on fire. These are just the blues. Who are the blues, by the way? He chose the blues and then ended up going, I'll just choose one. Uh, And that guy too. And the other fella. My bad. I break the rules. What up? You are very cool. Yeah, you do. We need to have a talk about this after the Uh, show. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet, man. Off air. Uh, Joey Lala, yours... Annabelle Cody, man. Yeah, Ooh. man. Look, I'm just going to say, yeah, she is an absolute beast. And um, I reckon, she, like, she literally put the team on her back on the weekend and uh, scored two meat pies, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, but just but just her ability, like her rugby IQ, she went overseas and then came back and just inserted herself into this team. And, man, her aggression on the pill oh, man. is phenomenal. Yeah. And she just her, scares the hell out of me. Like, she does. But <laughs> she's, she's, she's awesome. Like, she's and, awesome. And she's got... The best shit chat I've ever heard. Oh man, she <laughs> is one chat. of the coolest people yeah. you'll ever meet. She scares the hell out of me, but yeah. 
I remember when she was playing for the Doggies in the grand final against Sunnybank a few years ago, and she's like, this is a Sunnybank side that I haven't lost in six years, and she's like teeing off trying to fucking fight him and like punch him <laughs> in the face. She's like, come on, my boy. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Mate, yeah. It was bloody red hot, and it was absolutely awesome. But, yeah, Annabelle Cody, man, yeah. she's an absolute gun and yeah, an absolute is, muggle. Yeah, she did well on the weekend. So. And on your coach. On um, all right, well, that rounds out this week's episode of the Pack Rugby Show. It's gone a little bit longer, but we hope you enjoyed it because we brought you a shitload of content, hell of a lot of good banter and some very weird fever dreams type stuff from Big Fat Darcy's Melon. <laughs> um, Joey Lala, Harry Higgins, Big Fat Darcy, thank you so much for sitting in, lads. Zachy Boy on the ones and twos. Has Come on, Zachy. Double Take Studios, man. They're absolutely crushing. A round of applause for Zachy. Put, put the graphics. Cool. Put the Zachy. graphics on. Graphics, baby. Graphics. No. Nope. No, nah. <laughs> hopefully we get it by next week. But in the meantime, stay safe, enjoy your footy. We'll see you next week. Ciao.